Okay, here's a question. Where can women actually hear this besides this podcast? Uh, I don't know. Because I'll tell you why. Because I know, I know a lot of, I know a lot of driven. Australian women are really not interested in this kind of. I know that's what I'm trying to decide. Because I know a lot of women that are driven. A lot of women that are up for they like just rights. Take me for cocktails. All this sort of shit. No, just no, no. Buy me a gin and tonic. I'm being and I'll serious. I'm being honest. Yeah. I know a lot of women that claim to be feminists or like progr- oh, like progressive thinking. All this sort of shit. Are they feminist? But I've never heard them make this argument that you're talking about that's right now. I, that's because I'm a thought leader. <laughs> Hello. I'm just saying that I've never heard it's this. It's my argument. It's my intellectual property. And it's only from my lived experience. It's like N equals 1. But from N equals 1 backed up by science. Yeah. Yeah? And lots of anecdotes. Feminist, you were saying? Feminist, yeah. Well, it's International Women's Day on Sunday. And so okay. my LinkedIn is full. Here's, here's the spruiking of International oh, Women's Day. Oh, no, I'm Day. not spruiking it. I'm cursing it because Why? it just shits me. Because it's... It's now been transformed into this... It's a bit like the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras that was getting a lot of stick for being performative, corporate, family-friendly, um, whereas yeah. it started as a protest. And it started as a anti-social sort well, of thing. Well, it started as a massive, like, police beating up gay people in the street in Sydney. Yeah. You know? And now it's, like, corporate. And the, yeah. the police are marching in the parade, even though they were the ones, you know... Take your friends, take your families, yeah, yeah. take your kids. Yeah, and it's like, it's become really... It, and it's good that it's become mainstream, because it's, it shows that sort of acceptance of that. But then we've got the religious, you know, discrimination bill going on in Parliament at the same time. And so, you, on the one hand, you're like, oh, yeah, there's police marking, marching the parade. But then on the other hand, the Parliament is actually legislating against these people's lives, even after freeing up gay marriage so it's just like it's just so bipolar <laughs> it's a bit bipolar well your happy clap is clearly losing his way he's got no idea what he's doing bless him well i mean i'm glad at the moment the the coronavirus response has actually been taken out of his hands because actually the biosecurity <laughs> no seriously he's got no control over what's happening at the moment none well what was his act point of action i had no nothing. idea what he has nothing? no power to act in this kind of situation well, the chief medical officer of australia yeah has all the power right now for coronavirus. So any decision that's being made is not being made by ScoMo and his crazy happy clappers. They're not going to be able to pray their way out of coronavirus. And thank God we have laws <laughs> that basically push the parliament aside when there's a biosecurity outbreak like this. Is that unique? To, that's not unique to Australia, though. No. Okay. The US set one up under Obama. And guess what? Did they use it? Hell no. no. Fucking Pence. Hell. Pence is in charge uh, of it. He's doing some thoughts of prayers. Pence. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I heard that. I was reading that. There's like, no women. The f- There's no women. One of my friends wrote, my, one of my friend, my femi- feminist killjoy friends in Canada, who's a scientist in Canada, she wrote a piece on LinkedIn today going, what's going on with the picture of all the white men sitting around saving the world because they're not, they can't, they can't, why is 50% of the population not represented at that table? In a health crisis. Like, what the hell? That, the fact that Pence got put in charge of this. But to be fair, he's probably got slightly more brain cells than Trump. He's very smart. I, I think Pence is very smart, but possibly entirely evil. No, he's, he's smart in a sense that he's cunning. Yeah, okay, but he's smart. bigoted. Oh, absolutely. And he's, but he's smart and bigoted, whereas Trump is just stupid. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference to, like, not- I, I think I'd go, I think I'm going to go with smart and cunning. Just to get over the sort of hump. The stupidity. Because uh, uh, stupid is, there's no place for stupid in this kind of space. It's the leader of the because free even, world. Even, <laughs> yeah, but he's not, is he? No, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's kidding himself. Um, but this is the thing, is that, you know, uh, Pence is at least cunning, and Pence is cunning enough to understand when he is being 
outgunned intellectually, I would hope, and will actually take advice from people that know better than he does, whereas Donald Trump is such a narcissist um, that he doesn't take advice from anybody, regardless of who they are. Well, no, I agree with And you, so I'm hoping that Pence is less of a narcissist than Trump. Yeah, but Pence is a religious bigot. He That's the difference. Is. absolutely is. But, I mean, I met, I met my local MP the other day at the Strawberry Fair. As do. <laughs> local school fate for anybody that's listening. <laughs> Something you never talk about on this show. Um, yeah, so, so we'll spruik for next year. I was hoping. I was hope. I was hanging out with my local MP, and I said to her, "Well, I'm off. I've had enough. I'm leaving the country. I've got to go. I can't get a yeah. job here. You know, there's an emerging infectious disease outbreak, and I'm an emerging infectious disease researcher, and I can't get a job, so I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, clearly, <laughs> the one time you would think someone would want me." To yeah. work for them. No, nothing. Um, and so I basically like, said to her... I can see someone looking at your resume. It's like, we definitely have the credentials, the experience, but yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah. I get that a lot. Yeah. But uh, basically, I think they Google me and see that I'm a troublemaker. Yeah, clearly. Um, but, and I said to my local MP, I'm, well, I'm off. I said, look, I've had to make the choice between a right-wing bigoted nut job running Britain Yeah. that's trying to do isolationist tactics and the right-wing bigoted nut job running our country who thinks thoughts and prayer is going to solve climate crisis and coronavirus outbreaks. Yeah. I said, I've had to choose Boris over ScoMo just because Boris is slightly less of a nutter, <laughs> basically. And she's like, yeah, I hear you, because she's a Labor Party representative. Does so Boris lean nodding. on religious uh, merit no, at all? Never. No, he doesn't. I've never, never. heard him say anything never. religious. He, I've heard he him can't. say some stupid shit, but not religious. He says lots of stupid shit, but no, he doesn't do religion. I okay. mean, Donald Trump never did religion until it became convenient. No, he only became the yeah. yeah, Republican that appealed to that crowd because yeah. he knew he was going to get the votes. That's yeah, it. exactly. So it's 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 totally you know manufactured religion with him. He's yeah. not religious. You know, he ran the Miss World. Contest. Uh, groped women at the Miss World Talent exactly. Contest. <laughs> Seriously? He's not, I well, well, to be fair, you know, the Catholic churches are much better. Well, no. <laughs> they're just not, they're not... They usually do kidding. They're not running contests. They're doing it under holidays and pretenses of textbooks. Uh, Mate, I still don't understand. I was having this conversation the other day. I still don't understand how Trump can get that far with his... Everything that came out in the last four years, just every that's single... That's because it, there's now... You know, that... I'm going to say the patriarchy. <laughs> I'm going to say toxic patriarchy for the 10th time today. Um, it makes no sense. It does. If you look at it from the perspective of the patriarchy looking after itself. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. A man that basically has X number of rape charges against him, a man that's caught on tape saying, I'm going to grab it, move on her like a bitch and grab her pussy. I mean, really. I know. He's the president of the How United States. How you can States. survive that? And he has. Obama got shit canned for wearing a tan suit. Correct. And it didn't make him look powerful. Because he was brown. Yeah. Black. Yeah. You can't be brown, black. He saluted someone holding a cup of coffee. You could be some fat old Alzheimer's arsehole with bad hair. That fucking... And still be okay. That bronzer shit that he puts on his face oh is my just God. getting worse and worse. Annoying orange. But seriously, I mean, he... Uh, I look at him as a disability advocate. I do watch him. <laughs> a disability uh, I am. advocate. I'm a disability advocate, and I'm just looking at him, going, "Oh, please stop! <laughs> Someone, please stop putting him up on the stage. He's clearly got neuro. He's, he's neuro, not well. Neurodegeneration. The man's he's not, not well. well. The man's not well. He's clearly. not well. And you know, Bernie Sanders had a heart attack the other day. They're trying to replace one old man with a further left than yeah, Stalin. But at least Bernie's like more centrist than anything. At least he has some. He is at not least, centrist. No, no, not centrist. At least he's got 
At least he's been doing politics his entire life. He's got some ideas. Elizabeth Warren is the best candidate. You reckon? Absolutely. Why? Is anybody talking about her? No, because she's got a vagina. <laughs> no, that's not true. They are talking about her. They're not. Not in, not, but not in the numbers that they no, probably should, yeah. No, and that's the thing, is that they keep talking about all these sort of random... Like, they, they were happy... The media was happier to big up... Was it Pete? What's his face? Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Pete, Mayor Pete, 38-year-old from yeah. um, uh, Gen y, Indiana. Gen Y, kissing his husband on the stage. I mean, He honestly, dropped out. Well, that's nice, but I think it was the today, point last is, night. they were bigging him up for a while, whereas... And I'm like, why are they not talking about Elizabeth Warren? Because she's, like, got all the chops, all the policies all of the talent, and she's getting, like, fourth rate. I'm just trying to think of the women that stuff. were in the race. They were oh, actually... There was lots of them. There was Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris. Yeah. She dropped out. Yeah. Then you had that fucking... They dropped out early. Yeah, that horse whisperer, spiritual... Horse whisperer. <laughs> she's a spiritual guide, man. Oh, God. Some author. Some yeah, spiritual no. author. Mary no. something. Just fucking... No, I don't remember she, her. Yeah, I blanked she, her out of my bed. She was a Karen. She was a Karen. She was a Karen. Yeah, 100%. She had lavender oil. Yeah. Whale song. She, literally. She was talking about spirituality and, and she like... she tried to cure the coronavirus <laughs> with a coffee enema. Because you're not a Karen until you've tried that. Oh, my God. Because that was going to cure Ebola, apparently. What, what I don't Karen. like is that they're putting Biden up. Oh, well, I mean, he's the... Everyone's got him behind him. Everyone that dropped out has well, got him behind him. But that's the thing. He's the he's the establishment candidate. I know, but, but look at what him. What is he? Is he stale male pale? Yeah. Yeah. Is Bernie a stale male pal? <sighs> is Donald Trump stale male pal? Bernie's not that stale. He's totally... Yeah, but the difference is... is Bernie there's... is doing what Jeremy Corbyn did in the UK, okay, which is so outdated. There's like... photos of Bernie from the 60s fighting for civil sure. rights. Sure. Okay? Look, and everybody did that in the 60s. Like, literally, you if you're a Democrat and you've been alive that long, you're going to have photos at, <laughs> you know, anti-Vietnam War marches. Like, yeah, it's not rare. Enough. Yeah, it's not rare. Okay. I'd rather see, you know... A black civil rights person get up. And yeah, Andrew Yang. Good. Andrew Yang was the Asian uh, entrepreneur. He dropped out. Yeah, but Asian entrepreneurs again. That's not a black yeah. woman candidate. No. I like. I want Michelle Obama to win. <laughs> Why? <laughs> She'd be great. Why? She'd be cool. There's actually that comedian that I showed you before. He's actually got a good bit about Michelle Obama. Yeah, she'd be good. You would. You would. You would either tear me. Well, you know. You would either tear me limb to limb and then set fire to the <laughs> studio and then walk out. It's made of breeze blocks. I can't burn it. I've already, I've already assessed the situation. <laughs> I assess the situation when I walked in. Is it flammable? No. <laughs> there's not enough gin in here. Where's the vodka? I can't. There's not even any flammable alcohol. I'm sorry. Prosecco <laughs> in cans is not going to make What do you sense. want me to do? <laughs> I'm straight from work, man. Okay, so let me ask you. The whole thing with the International Women's Day. Yes. What's the actual whole beef with it, though? You're saying there's My become... beef is the, yeah, the corporate fominism, and faux meaning fake in French. So with an yeah, AUX. Okay. Yeah, 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 I got that. Um, uh, it's just very fake lip service, you know, saccharine, syrupy celebrations of women's progress when actually, when you look at the data, yes, we've come some way, but it's actually the men that are forcing that PR line, which is stop talking about the bad things, talk about the good things. You're not allowed to say anything bad. And we're coming back to the chief scientist and him calling people like me strident because he likes only happy stories. He only wants positive PR. Yeah. And corporates are the same. They only want positive PR. And so they drag out whatever woman happens to be in leadership to do, like, some f- puff piece with their, you know, comms person. Yeah. And, you know, I've worked for places that have done that. And then the women themselves have actually been dragons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, you just, you know, they, they don't practice what they preach. And so they only do it performatively one day a year. Yeah. And I did have a LinkedIn a clinical psychologist that does sort of stuff 
that it's an American clinical psychologist that I follow on LinkedIn, and she did this massive article about good women are not necessarily great allies. And it was all about that women tearing each other down because the basically there's not enough seats at the table, and so they fight over the seats at the table. Yeah. And the higher up you go in corporate life is the more cutthroat it gets, and I've absolutely found that. And I just step back. I just say, I can't... This is playground 12-year-old shit. Like, I am not putting up with this shit. You know, I am human, and I expect to be treated as a human (laughs) by you people. I am not second class. You might think you're second class, but I don't think I'm second class, and I'm not taking this shit from you. And I'm not... You're not going to force me into these sort of um, patriarchal tropes to be a good girl, because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And it is, and that's the problem, is that the fact that I absolutely point-blank refuse be good a lot of the time (laughs) and i will tell them to be good well there's no point you know well-behaved women seldom change the world or whatever that quote was i can't remember what the quote was well-behaved women seldom change history that's the quote who would you say actually that's some actually that's something i've never asked you who would you call heroes or icons or or like you know leaders in your eyes Uh, that's hard and you know what I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. Oh, okay. I'm not talking just women. Oh, well, the, I can tell you the most... Genderless icons. Okay, so the one leader in Australia that I respect... Yeah. ...is a man. Okay. His name's Brian Schmidt. Who? Who? <laughs> you know I did that on purpose. Yeah. Do you know who Brian Schmidt is? No, I don't, but I know I purposely threw it out like that just to... He's been on the Big Bang Theory. I th- did you watch The Big Bang Theory? No. Okay, I thank you. S- As a scientist, why the fuck no. would you watch it? No, but he has been on it because he's okay. he's a scientist like myself and he's uh, got a P- he's got a Nobel Prize in astrophysics. But... Oh, your favourite field. My favourite... I hate physics. <laughs> and he knows it. I'm like, oh, Brian, I hate physics. Can you explain it to my kids? And he does, bless him. He, he sends me YouTube videos to show to my kids um, <laughs> because he's an excellent communicator and he is okay. an excellent leader. And if I had to pick someone that I would want to be the Prime Minister of Australia right now, it would be him. Because, Is he in politics? No, he's the, the Vice-Chancellor of ANU. Okay. So it's as close as you can get to Canberra without being in politics. <laughs> but he's just a normal guy. And he actually he funded the uh, SAGE program through the Australian Academy of Science with his own money. Like, he put, like, a 100 grand of his own money that he won from some, like... Junior Nobel Prize that he won. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. Standard. Um, he just like gave it to the Australian Academy of Science and said, just sort those women problem out that we've do got. Do something. Do yeah. something. And then I'm, he came down to visit me at, you know, the Queenscliff, uh, burger van. We the, went up the, there. The what? The burger van? Yep. The Ocean View kiosk at Queenscliff at the rip there. Okay. Behind the, um, bowling club. Okay. He came and met me there with his wife and his two kids and his mother-in-law, no, his father and his new stepmother, stepmother. Um, and, you know, we hung out and ate burgers. Okay. As you do. Um. Okay. So it was a social call, wasn't it? Was it was a social call. Yeah. Just after I had my MS, um, diagnosis and he was coming down because his uncle lives in Geelong. So he does come to Geelong occasionally. So he dropped by as you do. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it was great to see him. And it was interesting talking to him because he's like, oh, well, you know, when I remember the, the stuff we did, I didn't have any money to do any research either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, that stuff I got the Nobel Prize for, we got, we managed to do that work on like 30,000 yeah. US dollars or something. Like, it just amazing stuff. Okay. Um, but he's a lovely man and he funded the SAGE program, but he's got two sons. He doesn't have any daughters. He's not one of these people that's like had the epiphany when he's had daughters. Yeah. And that happens a lot. 
Um, but he's also not Australian. He grew up in Idaho. Um, and I don't think Australian males, and I'm going to use a sweeping statement now, I don't think they're very well socialised to a wider concept of what women and men can do. Like, I think that, that, and again, it comes back to that toxic masculinity thing, whereas the actual, the, the, the social structures on women and men in this country are so small and so narrow and so one-dimensional that they, 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 there's no room to manoeuvre. And it, it impacts both genders. Are you talking about socially generally? Yeah, society. Okay. So the social licence. Okay, the social licence in Australia generally. Generally. You're not breaking it down to cultural no, no. or eth- ethnic No, generally. Or it's just the general cultural milieu. But most of it is from white guys. Let's, <laughs> let's not lie. Let's not lie that the patriarchy has come from England. Yeah. And being the hierarchies and the patriarchies come from England. Now, the races that come over and have patriarchies may also thrive in, Aust- in the Australian environment, and there's plenty of multicultural groups that are from patriarchal societies Okay, that I think do well. I mean, there's barely any female-led societies <laughs> in the world. Somewhere okay. in Africa or Bhutan or something. Uh, so was it somewhere in Bhutan? Yeah, there was... Um- there's some matriarchy in Bhutan where the girls get to have, like... Like multiple lovers. So I'm you're like, moving, oh, to Bhutan. moving to Bhutan. So, yeah. <laughs> just set up shop. Just set up shop. Just look up matriarchies, human matriarchies. Go on, Google it. Are you serious? Like this is the, this is the future we could have. Like I'm I'm trying to sell it to you people now. <laughs> I'm trying to sell it because like seriously, we could all benefit. <laughs> I'm trying to get win win for everybody. Are there any mat- matriarchal societies? Here we go, matriarchy. Okay, hang on. Meerkats, meerkats. <laughs> Mythology, Amazons in Greece, no, Celtic, no, not mythology. South America, real, real life, real life, popular culture. Now. I love how it's all just mythological and historical. That's like, because it's designed by incels. <laughs> it's because it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? It does. I've totally <laughs> seen like something on the Ge- National Geographic channel. Seriously, seriously, it's okay, like Bhutan. Okay, hang on. Are there any matriarchal societies here? Histo- history and distribution There's something uh, known to societies and ambiguously matriarchal. According to Jay, who? Olga, blah, blah, blah. No true matriarchy is known actually to have existed. Well, who is that person? Is it a man? J.M. Uh, his face? No. <laughs> <laughs> I no. don't believe Wikipedia. There's a woman there. There's a woman. There's is it? A, no, I don't believe all women either. I need, when I was need, the world? I need proper... proper. I don't, I don't agree with matriarchy. We're going back to Paleolithic era. <laughs> uh, no, there's <laughs> one that definitely exists now because they've done HIV, HPV tests in them. I'm Like, seriously. There is one. That's how patriarchal the bloody internet well, many, is. You can't even Google that. Many shit. scholars believe that Vietnam was a larger matriarchal society before yeah. a period of Chinese conquest yes. that began in uh, yeah no, years ago. As I say, Bhutan I think is the one that still exists. If you're talking shit, I'm not talking shit. <laughs> Keep googling that shit. <laughs> this is what I'm I googling. I saw it on the telly. <laughs> it must, must be, be real. She must have been watching some sort of. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 no. It, it, I, I've heard about it in my professional life. We were talking about human papilloma vaccine in this population. Like, I read the paper. Okay. It was like... Is Bhutan... Bhutan is a matriarchal society. In Bhutan, women are the head of the family. Yes. And traditionally, the decision maker as well. The age-old tradition of passing down uh, inheritance yeah. to daughters and highlights the fact that Bhutan is a matriarchal society. Yes. There you go. I told you it was Bhutan. See, I'm not talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I just sound like I'm talking shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's because my brain has got more links to it than 
the internet. Jesus, the country's called Land of the Dragon. That makes sense. <laughs> Are you very rude? Are you using dragon in the pejorative sense? Yes. I may have done that already. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> You've just made this sweeping statement saying that everyone's shit. <laughs> we, we all need to be more like Bhutan. Land of the Dragons. We need to be Land of the Dragons. Fire breathers. We need to embrace the dragon. That's what I'm saying. Okay. There'll be more sex for everybody if we embrace the dragon. I actually had a question for you. Something regarding science, surprisingly. Oh. <laughs> surprisingly enough. <laughs> you got distracted. Something we haven't done. Yeah, something we haven't okay. discussed much of. Um, I was something about the future of science being here. I mean, it's not. I'm, that's why I'm leaving. That's what I'm There's saying. There's no future for science here. Bye. I know. But how <sighs> how far how far do you reckon it's going to go before people realise? Uh, well, I think the sea level. I, I currently <laughs> we're I, starting with the I, sea levels. I, I measure that with sea levels. Um, <laughs> so I extrapolate. It's going to be fifteen to twenty before Australia wakes up. Um, and by then, both of the ice caps will have melted, and my ocean grove property, which is now 800 metres from the beach, will be beachfront. Okay. So I'm actually banking on climate change and a four-metre sea level rise to improve my property value. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. And I'm not intending to sell my property because I want to keep it. <laughs> That's what I was going to get at. And come back and retire and have a billion-dollar house. Because Ocean Grove's going to be the only place you can live in Australia, because it's the only place that has a, the Southern Ocean breezes at three o'clock in the afternoon. We see you in an armchair, just sitting yeah. there with your hands behind you. Yeah. I told you, fuckers. Told you fuckers, exactly. Get off my grass. Exactly. <laughs> There'll be no grass because we can't. There's no water for grass. We'll be in permanent drought. But you know, we might have a desalination plant. Where? Maybe in my on my roof or something. Oh, as in like your homegrown desal well, plant? Why not? Didn't they open a desal plant and shut it? Yeah. When the, the droughts were here. Yeah, but that actually really, drought. that pisses me off. When no, they no, talk, no, no, it's a no, good thing. No, 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 not that they built the desal plant, that they were, that all these uh, climate deniers say that, oh, they warned us in the 60s that it was going to fucking burn down. Or, and yeah, it did. It's usually, yeah, it's usually fucking well, boomers. Yeah. Well, talk to me about it. I got mansplained by a boomer on Sunday at the Strawberry Flare. <laughs> I got mad. This playing. strawberry fair sounds strawberry like it was fair. lit. It's <laughs> and there was not even any alcohol. <laughs> Couldn't even get Prosecco in a can. Um, <laughs> I didn't even take any with me. Mistake. Um, but basically, so this is what happens when I'm sober. I think. What's going on at these things? All right, continue. They sorry. should be more drinking. Um, <laughs> Because then I wouldn't argue with boomers. Um, but basically, the yeah, the husband of one of my husband's female friends. Uh, was one of these sort of beady, male, pale, stale boomers, <laughs> rides motorbikes. Yeah. Um, and there's not nothing bad about that, but, you know, but there's a type. It's a bit like a mammal, except with leathers rather than lycra. Um, and <laughs> he really was basically picture. saying that both climate change and the coronavirus were complete fabrications made up by the media. So people are dying for no reason. And I was just like, well, I'm a scientist and I don't listen to the media. I follow fellow scientists and I can tell you it's real. And friends of mine are working on it right now down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Because I know them and I talk to them at the pub and stuff. Yeah. You know. Um, And so... When you're on the inside of that, you know that it's true. Did it become like a standoff or you stand there with No, like- he, just, he just mansplained over the top of me. I'm like, yeah, I used to lecture emerging infectious diseases and their control at third year level at Deakin Medical School. That's but a hey, pretty sick burn. How you, can you possibly mansplain that? mansplaining over the top of me. I'm like, How? whatever. No, no, I'm, I'm curious as to... Mate, it's the male pale stale entitlement. That's what we're dealing with in this country yeah, and they run this country. You physically said... I physically stand he, there okay, saying... He's turned around and said... 
this just, virus and this climate shit is a hoax. The scientists, Media beat up. Yeah, it's bullshit. And you've turned around and said, I am a scientist. My it's scientist real. friends are working on it right now. It's real. How can you possibly mans- mansplain that? He did. And I kept making statements. What was he saying? He just kept mansplaining over the top of me. Yeah, but what? Like, as oh, in- well, it's, you know, there's been, there's been ice ages before and this, that and the other. And I'm like, yes, there has been. But this is actually being driven by humans much quicker than ever before. And he's like, oh, well, I agree with you. And then disagreed. And I get that a lot, where where the climate deniers now will actually give you the language of agreeing with you about human-induced climate change, but then deny the impact it's going to have. And so there is a lot of that. And I think we've seen that from the government. And but um, literally, like, shit's on fire. Like- yeah, shit's on fire. But they're saying that's only one year. Like, it's just a blip. It's a, it's an outlier. So all these people are saying it's an outlier, it's an outlier, whereas actually the data is... It's, it's, but it's, it's been continuous. It's been continuous, and it's growing. And, you know, I was evacuated in 1983 from my childhood home in the Ash Wednesday bushfires. Yeah. One town burnt. Maybe two. Up a Beaconsfield cockatoo. Up in the Dandenongs. Yeah. My town didn't burn because it was the wind change and it blew back through Cockatoo. And I yeah. actually went up. My brother still lives up there. I went up there to visit Cockatoo just after the big fires over New Year's because I had to see that an area could recover from that. But I'm just driving around going, my God, this is so small scale, small fry. And I went, they had the Ash Wednesday like museum and I went in the museum and looked at all the displays and all of the stuff and all the artifacts and all the media artifacts. Yeah. It was all there, but it was just a tiny fraction of what had happened this year. Yeah. Like... I was in I was in Cockatoo about a month, maybe yeah. four or five weeks ago, and it was... Yeah. Like, you could still see it and smell it. Yeah. You know? Dude, that I was... 1983. I went for a movie. I went for a movie out in um, uh, Yarraville, like out that side of town, oh, yeah, like over the Westgate yeah, Bridge. Yeah. This was back about seven, eight weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and you could smell it. We came out of the movie. We came out of the movie, and it was like a... It looked like a few, uh, movie set. The streets were deserted, and there was just smoke. Yeah. We're on the other side of Yarraville, man. Like We had it in Geelong. Yeah. There was no fires near Geelong. <laughs> like, we were getting them blown over from King Island or somewhere. <laughs> shit, man. Like, there was shit going... There was, it, but it came in, and, you know, and people were freaking out, and I'm there going, well, compared to, like, working in a pub before the smoking ban in England, like I did, this is nothing. <laughs> I'm not getting a face mask. Like, seriously, calm down, people. Yeah, I said calm down as you well. You know, people, and, yeah. and, I've, and I've got five face masks, I'm not going to lie, because I did, <laughs> I did fly to the UK through Dubai before the coronavirus really kicked off. And back again, as you do for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I asked the hospital where I get my immunocompromising drugs from to give me some masks. Yeah. So that I had protection if I felt that I needed it. Did I open the bag? No. I've still got all five of them. <laughs> because actually, as it's turned out, you know, based on the old medical virology textbook, it's just basically a, it's, it, it's basically a common cold on steroids. Yeah. And sure, it's killed lots of old people. You know, what really? hasn't killed old people? Well, what doesn't kill old people? Pneumonia. What what respiratory diseases don't kill old people? <laughs> Falling over and breaking your hip and getting a respiratory illness usually kills old people. Like, yeah, that's they're old. That's what happens. They're immunocompromised just by being old. Yeah, I'm starting to get tired of uh, seeing it in the media, especially where someone, some celebrity dies. You know, it's like, oh, it's gone too soon. And you look at it it's like he was 93. Like, was someone the other day was 102 or something? <laughs> Who was that? I was like, wow, that's a good innings. Oh, wasn't it Kirk, uh, Kirk Douglas? Yeah, Kirk Douglas. <laughs> like, really? Didn't his son almost die of like... Michael Douglas had throat cancer. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure Michael Douglas nearly died of human yeah. papillomavirus induced throat <laughs> cancer, but his dad. Yeah, Kirk Douglas is st- still going. He died at 101. I mean, my God, he was old when I was like <laughs> five. Yeah. I watched Man from Surrey River and he was old then. I mean, my God. That was like 1981. Kirk Douglas. <laughs> Kirk Douglas. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, people forget the, the limitations, I reckon. Well, you know I mean? we have limits, you know. But you we're know not, what? We're not immortal. That's the thing, but... And we're not going to be... And, and it's, you know, the... I get into this argument. I, I was talking with my mum about it, about the boomers and all that sort of shit, and I was saying how I used to cop a lot of flack, like, especially from the older generation, saying that, you know, I had no idea what it's like, and, you know, they all came here in the 70s and worked till their hands bled and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, but you did it on one salary and you bought three houses and raised a fucking school of kids. Yeah. You know, one person on well, his own can't... you could do that. You can't do that now. You can't oh. pay rent now oh. just for a one-bedroom apartment in, you know, Dandenong. Well, I was saying today, I heard on the radio that they were saying that to have a mortgage in somewhere like North Melbourne oh. compared to renting is like $880 less a month if yeah. you've actually got a mortgage. That's a week's salary, you <laughs> yeah. know, for most people. That's like two and weeks' rent. It's like half the price to I was have it saying, buy the house. I was saying how... um. Uh, the other thing that, like, these boomers didn't understand is that I've got things like recycling, climate change, uh, you know, the world economy, all this sort of shit. That's weighing into my conscious. Our mental health, like... Yeah, exactly. The emotional labor we have yeah. to do now. People between the age of 28 to, say, 47, yeah. man. Like, the shit, the, the, the hurdles we mentally have to jump yeah. over every single Whilst day. still trying to earn a wage to, to pay for food. Yeah. Food. <laughs> Avocados, $5 each. Like, what do you mean? Are you we know having I mean? the avocado argument? No. I pay three dollars for my avocados. I don't, I don't know buy avocado. Them. There you go. You get too far to buy avocado. <laughs> I fill my fridge with prosecco. Just I buy you one avocado. Well, uh, that's been there for six months. I know. No one drinks it. <laughs> Only me. I might have to last one in a minute. No. Is there still one more? Okay. Well, go, go for your life. I don't care. Do you want it? I will. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to drive home later. I'm just trying. How long have I been here? Get me kicked out of the building. Yay, Prosecco, <laughs> you can. What a technological advance. Classy. It's like wine casks. <laughs> That's it. You just need the, I need the, um, the goon bags in here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? What was I going with that? Sorry. You were no, talking no. about your mum and boomers. Yeah, and I was saying how... And how they thought they had it hard, but we've got different And then, Yeah, challenges. we've got all that, all that sort of yeah. shit coming in. And then... um. Well, I'm, and, I had a discussion with my friend today, and she was like, you know, I've just started going out with a new guy, and I'm like, oh, I'm very excited <laughs> for her. Um, but then apparently they'd already had the should we have kids discussions because they're older what? people and he's divorced. Okay, and fair enough. So they were, you know, yeah, you know, when you're my age, you have those discussions up front because biological yeah. necessities, you know, yeah. pretty much require that. And you know, she was like, well, you know, I'm sort of ambivalent, you know, yeah, because I'm 40 and don't care. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can, yeah, you know, and so I don't want to start hoping that I can, so I'm sort of ambivalent to it. And, you know, there's five babies in my family and, you know, her new boyfriend's got like 11 nieces and nephews or something. Yeah. So they've, they're, they're auntie, they've, they see their role as that auntie and uncle role. Yeah. Um, as opposed to procreating themselves. And yeah. I said to my friend, I said, if you ask me if I would have children now, if I was 35 now deciding to have children, I would not have my children. Why? Because I would not bring them into this. Yeah. Knowing what I know. I've heard that. It's irresponsible. I, was just... I, would, I would consider myself irresponsible. I brought a dog <laughs> <laughs> that's going to live for the next 10, 15 years. I bought a dog. That is literally the commitment I can make. I can have some chickens. They live about four. Yeah. A goldfish, maybe. Like, But seriously, buying in to having children when you know 
what we know now, it's like you've got to really think about that. There really yeah. is a proportion of people that are deciding consciously not to have children. I've always said it. The last thing we need is more kids running around. Well, they're consumers, yeah. Yeah, but my kids are a nightmare. The amount of bloody point. The point I was actually making with all, what I was saying before was the generation, say, from twenty-eight to forty-seven. I remember about 10 years ago, people were doing a lot of cheap drugs, like a lot. I've never it was done that drugs. That, I've never done them, but I'm saying a lot and of my friends... Now I've got friends, brain lesions. I mean, I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, protecting my precious brain, and then I got MS, and it got eaten anyway. Yeah. It, Jesus, I should have just had the drug. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Missed opportunity. point was, <laughs> is that I remember literally 10, 15 years ago, a lot of people were doing a lot of cheap drugs. Like, every, it was that period. It was just... Cheap and nasty in Melbourne. It was in that culture outside. Like, I think you know, we're still in that culture. Now, it's just another drug. But now... It's all ice now. Now people are still doing ice, but at the same time, people are like being more health conscious. Everyone has a gym membership. It's 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 and gone around. probably going to a naturopath to buy like yeah, supplements. Yeah, at the same time doing well ice. doing ice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really convoluted time in society. Uh, people are very complicated. Yeah. But that's because they when's spend it going to crash? Of, because people are no, rejecting just, science. Well, that's just it. People are just listening to the best PR that they find. You know, they like stories. People are... <laughs> they like stories? No, everybody likes a story. They like stories. Yeah, so, okay. And, okay, let's talk about ancient Greece. No, no, I For agree. a moment, I'm going to talk about wow. Socrates. Okay. Let's talk about Socrates. Tell me. <laughs> okay, so the Socrates rhetoric. Yeah? If yeah. you look at the actual method of Socrates rhetoric... Yeah. Of how that works. And I read some bullshit article on LinkedIn the other day because, you know, <laughs> okay. management people love this so shit. So it must be true. It must be true. <laughs> well, I believe Socrates. I don't believe LinkedIn. Um, but basically, so- uh, Socratic rhetoric yeah. actually has all these elements that are used to basically pull, the- to change hearts and minds. Yeah, the art of persuasion. Yeah, the art yeah. of persuasion. And, now and they call it how to uh, win friends and... Uh, influence people. Yeah, influence yeah. people. But it's actually all just flannel. It's all just grifting. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, Socrates, but it's, it's all bullshit grifting. And okay. that's the problem, is that people actually presenting facts are just ignored because their argument's not compelling, because they're not bringing in narrative. And when I do science communication, I usually start with a narrative. Yeah. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time doing anti-vaxxer stuff, like trying to fight anti-vaxxers. And an argument you would hear a lot is the emotive... Um, you know, the pathos. Is it pathos? And this Socratean... Is that even a word? But, yeah, I know what pathos is. Pathos. Yeah. It means appeal to emotion. Yeah. Yeah? And so when you would argue with anti-vaxxers who didn't want to vaccinate their children, they would use the pathos of, <gasps> but you wouldn't say that if you were a woman with a child with autism. <laughs> yeah. And I'd just look at them with the side eye. Lots of side eye. Like lethal side eye and go... I am the mother of a child with autism, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And that would puncture their pathos straight away. Yeah. Because I'm there making logical, reasoned arguments, but then they bring in the emotive arguments and say, well, you can't can't use logic and reason with a mother that's had a child with autism. And I'm like, I am one. Yeah. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Next. And so that, and it just totally punctures their narrative because their narrative is based on pathos. And so, if you actually study the sort of Socrates rhetoric steps and you look at the way politicians and everybody manipulate people, you know, TV producers, the media, everybody does it. Everybody's yeah, using... It's a fine art now. They've been well, doing it for centuries. It's not a fine art. It's bullshit. It's <laughs> it is grifting. bullshit. It's grifting. 
Like, seriously, it's grifting. I think with the amount of we've information... We've that. I mean, you know, ancient Greece was great. <laughs> but it wasn't patriarchy. Let's of course face it was. It. It's a fucking patriarchy. Of course it was. And that's why we're still in a fucking patriarchy today, because of bloody Socrates. I blame him. Well, it depends on where, what part of Greece you were in, though. The Spartans weren't. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, I like them. They were quite inclusive. Well, they were. They were very women war- were revered. Like they were warlike, but they were inclusive. Yeah, they 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 they, 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 they let their kids die. They couldn't survive. <laughs> well, I think the Romans did that too. Did they? Yeah, exposure. Put them out on the hillside. Yeah, I got no idea about. But the I don't agree with that because I'm a disability advocate, so I don't agree with you know disabled children being left on the hillside. No, that's not what the Spartans did. The Spartans did would literally send their kids to fend for themselves at, you know, age 12 and say, if yeah, you come back alive, you I mean, that, But to be fair, most cultures have some kind of teenage rituals. Well, not um, the West. We coddle people till the very end. Oh, yeah. But if you look at Indigenous <laughs> culture, I'm thinking of Indigenous culture. You're thinking of Indigenous. That's I'm thinking totally of, different. Sorry. Sorry. Disparity. How dare I think yeah. of the actual culture that runs <laughs> this country? How, I, how dare I mention oh, the, the custodians of this land? Did, did you see that thing with the, the kid that, with the dwarfism? Yeah, bless him. What the fuck? I, oh, look, I'll be honest. get me started. No, no, no. I'm getting you started. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. We could be why? here all night. <laughs> no, There's no, not enough I, Prosecco for this. <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I sort of missed the boat. Like, I was a bit late to the party regarding it. Oh, no, I was it. following it because yeah. I follow the disability advocacy yeah. people. I, I sort of was late to the party, and then by the time oh I got to God, it... Oh, God, so people much racism out, and ableism, I can't were, even tell you. They were coming out and saying that it was all a scam. No. Like, I was dealing with Americans you online. You scam. I was like, Dwarfism. How, how is, Honestly. How is it a scam? You can scam sciatica and maybe a bad back. Yeah. You cannot scam. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I'm Greek. Because <laughs> I'm Greek and a labourer? Is no. that why you're looking at me with side eye? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's forward eye. That's forward eye. Side eye is this way. That's forward eye. That's laser forward eye. All right, okay. I didn't understand that. And then um, I was trying to read into it. And you can't fake... I know. They were saying that Being he was 18 uh, or no. some shit. I'm like, what He's are you like eight. And then, yeah, and then they said, oh, it was a scam because it was just to raise money. He's like, but he never asked for a GoFundMe to no, set up. Some other comedian set it up. And he's, he's donated it all. He's donated it all. His mum's donated it all anyway. Yeah. So, and, but they still, but the, the, the but stupid. But it is because it was, most of that scam story be, came about because his mother had, his family had basically done you know, dramatic theatre stuff. So they were like, they had, they had a theatre, they had a, they had a showreel. Yeah. On Instagram, and they'd had that for years. So what? So what? So does everybody else these days? I mean, you know, not rare. <clears throat> um, the thing that got me that's was how they extrapolated that. They were like, well, he's already a showman. Yeah. So he's what? He's already he, he's a showman. He's already trained in you know dramatic art. So him doing the crying in the car with the video is all faked. Okay. It's him doing a dramatic. Acting, so they were saying that what he was a lot of shit. And I'm like, you can't really act the bullying that happens to people that are of short stature. You can't do that. I mean, I've got a mate of mine in Geelong who works for the NDIS, and he, you know, he's from Scotland. Yeah, but he has the same condition. You know, um, but he's highly successful. <laughs> but he's not also an Aboriginal. Okay, well, that know? was the other thing. Yeah, they're saying how a lot of the Americans are jumping on board about it. Saying it was um, it was ra- it was all race related and all this. All it was race a lot, it was a lot worse because it was race related. Yeah, like I have lots of friends that have the same condition that don't get that level of grief. It's just sympathy, yeah. Well, just grief. Yeah. Or attention, you know, it, it just became viral. It went viral because some bots picked it. Some 
alt-right, you know, the crazy Russian bots picked it up. Yeah. And again, and it all comes back to that, well, back in the past they used to leave defective children on hillsides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. Back, if you were born in Roman times and you had dwarfism, you'd be left for the wolves, you know? And it's the same now. We have that in modern medicine where they test for Down syndrome. Oh, yeah, the genetically engineered babies are doing and shit like that. No, well, you don't have genetically engineered babies with Down syndrome, but no, no, you can no. actually detect them. You can de- they're detecting it. They'll call them designer babies. You detect <sighs> that shit before You anything. can detect lots of things before yeah. they're born. Um, but it's one of those calls you've got to make when you're pregnant. Like, and I remember being pre- my first pregnancy, I remember going for the Down syndrome test and saying to myself, right, are you going to keep this baby or are you going to abort this baby, depending on the result? Yeah. Are you prepared to do that? This is a baby you've wanted, you've planned it, what are you going to do? It's your first baby. And the answer that I gave myself at that time was I would keep the baby regardless of the result. Yeah. Because it was my first child. And so I knew I had the resources to actually meet the needs of that child. Yeah, take it on sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had the, the bandwidth to do that. Whereas then, um, having my second child, I then found out, you know, a few months after I had that second child, that my first child actually did have a disability, but it was a psychosocial disability. Yeah. And I'm like, well, would I have aborted this child if I'd known that then? And the answer was still no. But now I had two. <laughs> and so it just made it, you know, it's just like more complicated because there was more children to look after. Yeah. And so, and that's hard. And then a lot of people that have children with psychosocial disorders, they don't get discovered until they're at kinder or at school um, before they realize what's going on. And it's because villagers don't raise a child anymore. You know, we're very isolated. I didn't know any other four-year-olds. I didn't know any. I gave birth to one, I went back to work, came back four years later, and they're telling me, oh, he might have an issue. I'm like, really? He seems normal to me, but he, I only have him as yeah, as an example. You, yeah. I don't know. I've not been to mother's group. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't imagine you at mother's group. No. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, my God. I went like once or twice. Nightmare. <laughs> Hate it. Just sitting in the corner, waving your finger by the end of it, getting thrown out at <sighs> some point, starting I your did, own no, mother's I group. Did, no, I did. We did go to mother's group for a few weeks. And then I was, uh, uh, the best person in Mother's Group was the um, minister from the Uniting Church, where we actually used their hall. And really? him and his wife had a child in the same group. And he was one of these trendy vicars with like an earring. <laughs> a trendy vicar with an earring? Trendy vicar with an earring. Jesus, I've got to get out to these Uniting Churches. You should totally get out there. Um, uh, James, his name was, and he begged, he begged to have as baby Jesus. In the uh, nativity play. Wow. Because she was three months old. She was the right size yeah. to do it. And I'm like, does that make me the Virgin Mary? I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm comfortable. I said, James, you know I'm an atheist. I don't know if I'm comfortable coming to church on Christmas Eve so that my child can be the Jesus. baby Jesus. <laughs> because that makes me the Virgin Mary. And frankly, I wasn't a virgin when this happened. <laughs> um <laughs> Not comfortable. And he's like, come on, you'll make lots of people happy. I'm like, okay. So I caved in. Sure, sure you were proud. My parents were proud. <laughs> I was sitting there mortified the whole time going, oh, my God, God is going to, if God exists, he's going to strike me down right now. <laughs> the fact that he didn't strike me down for that kind of blasphemy yeah. shows me there's no God. 
I've, I've made a lot of calls like that before in front of people. So if, <sighs> yeah. If, yeah, if he exists, he would strike me down right now. You or at least ruin my, like, You can't something. get more blasphemous than presenting yourself as a Virgin Mary. <laughs> at church on Christmas Eve. Uh, and your daughter, a person with a vagina, being baby Jesus. Yeah, You know, true. the Catholic Church would smack. There's no way you'd get away with that shit. I don't know. I was thinking that, that was the whole thing, like, with the whole science thing. Like, everyone sort of, the way I see it, like, our opinions towards recycling and, like, you know, yeah, our knowledge of everything is becoming a lot more. Man, they're introducing the new recycling bin. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. We don't have those in Geelong. Yeah, it's a purple bin or something. We it's for glass. Either. But, like. Well, it's just to separate the glass from the steel and the aluminium yeah. and the plastic. Everywhere everywhere I'm going, you're seeing more and more progressive we used to thoughts, have that, right? You know what? We used to have bottle banks. You know, back in the olden days, back in the 70s. Okay. Back in the day, I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Back in the day. I remember my dad taking a car load or a trailer load of beer bottles, like long necks, yeah. up oh, to the bottle I, bank love, behind the scout hall. It must have been a long time ago. I don't remember. I can't afford the long neck of beer. They are quite expensive. <laughs> it's fucking expensive, man. I spend, time in, I'll spend a lot of time in Dan Murphy's, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can tell you that actually there's some beer from Vietnam that's definitely the best price per mil of beer right now. <laughs> it's not long necks. Um, but you could, you basically returned the bottles yeah. to Carlton... Carlton Breweries. Yeah. And they I remember wa- they telling about them that. Yeah. And they reuse them because guess what? You can wash and reuse bottles. Yeah. Surprise, you don't have, surprise. You don't have to break them down into the, crush them into glass again, molten and molten. You don't need to do that. You yeah. just need to wash them. It's yeah. like jam jars. Like it's honestly, it's like nothing new under the sun. It's really, it's like hipsters reinventing stuff. Yeah. My point was, is that we're so driven towards that sort of shit, you know? Like, I mean, the local coffee shop near my work, they, they're using, yeah, the milk cartons cut out so they can use them as cup holders now, you know, for, yeah, it's, it's making the most yeah, of- Yeah, but in Canada, they're using, they're not even having milk cartons. They have like, they have milk bags. What? They have milk bags. Milk bags? Bags. Yeah, like a bladder. Like a goon bag of milk. Yeah. Goon bag of milk. That's what they're selling? That's what they sell in the shops. That's how you buy milk in Canada. You have a two-litre... Um, Bla- stru- like a bladder. No, yeah. a structured jug. Yeah. And you buy the bladder to put inside and you cut the top off it and then pour it. Are you serious? I'm serious. How have I never seen these? Consider because we you haven't been to Canada. We invented the goon bag here. You'd think we'd no, be all over that. Canada has invented the milk goon bag. Okay. And, how- and it's, it's, u- it's in use in the local populace. How are we not on that? I don't know. No, no, I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, we'd think Australians were, like, at the forefront of that sort of shit. What happened to Australians that? Australians are not at the forefront of a lot of stuff. No, we were. I didn't say we are. Well, yeah, back in the day. I don't back know. in the I, day. I can't remember when it was. You know what it IVF. Is? IVF was the last time we were at the forefront of any cutting-edge science. You reckon? Yep. You know what I don't understand? How there are so many countries now that are almost 100% uh, renewable energy-based? Yes. Yeah. How, how have they gotten to that point? Because where- they had legislation that made them do it. Okay. We haven't had that. We've had aspirations. <laughs> but the government keeps quibbling about how we count the targets for carbon. And when we had the carbon tax, that brief couple of years we had the carbon tax. Yeah, I remember it. You could see the carbon output of Australia just started crashing and burning because it was expensive. Yeah. People started switching to other things. Yeah. And then they revoked it and the carbon consumption has gone crazy now. What was the grounds of revoking it? I don't even remember. Uh, 
it was in, it was brought in by the Labor Party and we're not the Labor Party, so we're going to revoke it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Happy clappers. How long do you reckon ScoMo's got left? Three years. You think? Well, they've changed the laws on spills. When? I did, so I'm, I'm... The last spill, they changed the actual internal Liberal Party laws on spills. So there's no more, like... You're not allowed to do it anymore. Okay. So, three years, that's why I'm leaving the country. <laughs> Hello, that's why I'm leaving the country. Because, you know, I've got Boris, and he's just as bad, but he's at least he's not a happy clapper. And at least there's bipartisan support for climate change as a thing. Yeah. And we need to do something about it. They're, they're, they're closing. Like, I lived in East Yorkshire. We live near the biggest coal-fired power station in, yeah. in Europe Yeah, called Drax. And I lived quite close to there, and I used to drive past it to get to work. Um, it was shut. They shut it. And they've only got three left. And they're actively closing them down. Three like, left in all of the UK? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, they've had nuclear. We haven't... I mean, that, the conversation about nuclear is something we've never had. Europe has been able to didn't do... They build, didn't they build something that could uh, have the capacity to become nuclear? Up in... Uh, somewhere in New South Wales. Yeah, and they were talking about it. Like, well, no, but it's not, it's not big enough to be a, a, an energy reactor for electricity. Yeah. They use it for, they use it for um, like, medicinal iodine production and stuff. Yeah. Like, for medical radiation yeah, products. Yeah, yeah, But they can't use it for... Um, Power. Okay. But Europe has been using nuclear, and that's why Europe has been able to actually go carbon-free much quicker than us, because basically they added a few wind turbines to their nuclear power <laughs> and were able to go carbon-free pretty much instantaneously. That's yeah. why you see Germany and France and what have you as being able to do that. Okay. But we've because we have an anti-nuclear stance in this country, we've never been able to do that. Right. Which is surprising, considering we own most of the uranium of the world. I know it was high. Is it that much? I think we've got mostly uranium, percentage-wise. Jesus. So we export to those places. <laughs> <laughs> so they can have carbon-free economies, but we don't, we don't actually avail of ourselves of our own resources. But hey, why would you? <laughs> Not to save the planet or anything. No, but I mean, it, we don't need it now. I mean, there is enough... Sustainable resources available now with technology. You could just use this country. We should just be using solar. You know, but we the, should. But the problem is, is that then there has to be a lot more of those rare minerals that are in solar panels mined. So you know, I mean, it's it's you know, there's always a finite resource. What's uh, what, you, what what rare mineral what rare minerals need to be mined for solar panels? Is it that? I don't know. Is but it that electric rare? cars, lithium. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know hydrogen is pretty... I'd, helium. Helium is pretty sparse. And you need helium for all of these processes. Okay. Like super-cooled helium, and that's pretty rare. Where do you get super, like helium like that? God knows. No, uh, that's The atmosphere. A- <laughs> you suck it out of the atmosphere, like literally. Literally? Yeah. What's the, what's the effect of that? Well, not much, because it's only a small proportion of the gases in the atmosphere. Most of the atmosphere is nitrogen. Yeah. Um... With a bit of oxygen and carbon dioxide and other things. But, you know, it, it's really, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of rare earth minerals involved in a lot of sustainable power and transport options. Okay. And so you have to be careful that the solution you're coming up with 
as some, you know, Silicon Valley tech bro. Thank you, Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> um, so what's wrong with Elon Musk? Oh, he's an asshole. We know that, but that's he's why like he's where he is. Steve Jobs, except without a beard. Yeah. That's it. That's the only difference. He's a PR man that spent a lot of money that he made on PayPal on expensive rocket scientists and then claimed their work as his own. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he's a grifter. He's a grifter. I'm calling it he's a grifter. It's a society of grifters. Yeah. Well, pretty much. (laughs) It's tech bros that invented fintech solutions for, like, you know, banking apps that have made all the money, and now they're investing the money in stuff. But, I mean, why is it that Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates... Uh, own more money than the rest of the world. Put together. I've always wondered that. White tech bros they can apparently spill, they have literally can spend millions of all dollars. All of the money. It's 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 astounding. Should, like uh, it's very astounding. You think, like you know, you hear about a sportsman, you know, who earns like a twenty At million dollar contract. Bill Gates has a wife. <laughs> That's his call. That's his saving grace. He's still on the first one. The other two are on to their second. Yeah, I remember. His, I remember Bezos' wife became yeah. like the second most richest woman in the world for her prenup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How divorce? But Elon Musk did the same. You I know, don't know the, about Elon Musk. The wives that supported them through their tech bro startup. Oh my god, we're eating baked beans phase. Yeah, have both been discarded. Both Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have got rid of the women that have supported them, as you know. Yeah, but keeping the home fire burning. What do you mean got rid of, though? You don't discarded know them. Yeah, what's the nature of their relationship breakdown? Whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah whatever. You don't know what was going on behind no, closed doors. Know, once you've had kids with someone, you should stick it out. Yeah? Nah, you know what? I don't I don't agree with that. As no. a child of divorce, well, I don't yeah. agree with that at all. Yeah, and I can well, say that as a child of divorce. You can say that. <laughs> I mean, no. yeah, there's assholes. No, no, no. I mean, because, you know what? Mm. I always said that if my parents got separated when I was a kid, I'd be a completely different person. Yeah. I wouldn't have the, the anger I have. I wouldn't have the, the memories I have of, like, just shitty family fucking circumstances. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't either. Yeah, but, I mean, friends. I mean, I've got friends now. I probably would have respected my mother more if she'd left my father and become a single mother than I've I heard do that. now. I've heard that from people. <laughs> I've, ha- I've heard the people sure. have that conversation with their, like, parents or and such and such. <laughs> I've got friends now that have come from completely different areas, like, areas, demographics. And me- no, this down. is all the same. What's all the same? You don't, doesn't, demographics don't matter with this kind of stuff. No, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. And their background, like, their family lives are completely different to mine, like, polarized bad. Like, they're doing family days and shit like that. I'm just looking at it like, what? It feels awkward to me because I've never seen it. I mean, I've had to tell myself, dickhead, that's normal. Yeah, I know. There I, are families I, I, out there that... I have the same experience. That they have they have dinners. <laughs> I know. They have happy, clappy fucking dinners. I try with my children. I try. No, I'm just saying... I'm just saying. So I disagree. I'm sorry. I disagree with what you're saying. No, but the the thing is, when I remember specifically talking to my husband about this and saying, once we've had kids, this is a partnership and we're going to raise them regardless of what happens between us. This is a childbearing team. Yeah? Regardless of what happens between us two, once we procreate, we've created a team. Yeah. And that team has to stick together until those kids are independent, regardless. Mm. And we, I've stuck to that. And you know, I, look, twenty I, years later, I'm still there. I agree. Less than murder. I understand your intent, and I can sort yeah. of, I can 
But I made that I made that decision, and we discussed it really early on before we had kids. Yeah, no. Look, my, I remember my old man saying something similar to I don't know whoever it was. This was like a really early sort of memory of mine. I remember him saying something similar. But my parents are nowhere near as level-headed or reasonable as you are I don't know if and I your am. partner. Uh, you, trust me. You ever, you ever want to sit in a room with some angry Greeks? Like, trust me, you have no idea. I don't know. All right? No, no. I try, I've tried. You have reason. You have, you, have, you have a voice of reason I've and a voice of logic. i tried to break the cycle of family violence. No, I agree. Yeah. Look, I understand. And most people, uh, mo- you know, you, you have two choices. If you've been brought up in, in a violent family situation, you get two choices. You can perpetuate it or you can break the cycle. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I've got friends who are, you know, they've broken up with their partners, but they make the active effort of raising their ch- their child. Together. Yeah, Together. That's and, that, and that's you know? the same. And, and, there's, and there's just that, yeah, yeah. That, that, um, that cohabitation and yeah, just and the, fine. a and form of mutual respect based on the kid. You well, know what I mean? It, exactly. It, it's keeping it nice for the kids. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think you don't have to live together to have that. No, no, no. Um. And, you know, I've had periods where I've lived apart from my partner. And my kids thought we were broken up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> mummy just was working away. <laughs> she just didn't want to drive that far. Um, but they thought we were divorced because we weren't living together. Yeah. And in their, in their mind, because we weren't living together, that it was somehow a relationship breakdown. I'm like, no, I'm still coming home on the weekends. No, this is still ha- it's still a relationship. But for them, because it was about presence. Yeah. And I wasn't present for six months, and they thought that meant relationship breakdown. Do you think that old story of you know uh, a child needs a father and a mother uh, figure is needs relevant? A village. Yeah, I don't think nuclear families are relevant. I think actually having a tribe of people looking after your children is more relevant. <laughs> Key word: looking after your child. I just think. I, well, mummy's going to club. Bye. If you look at the bonobos, let's go back to the bonobos. <laughs> Let's go back to the meerkats and the bonobos. Let's see what we can learn from other mammals. Yeah. Um, and again, it is it is group, and you see it in indigenous cultures all around the world. You, and I have a friend that's a, a Maori grandmother. Yeah. Who is the matriarch of her family? Um, and her, you know, her daughter has children, but she is more of a mother to those children than her daughter. Um, and, but that's actually normal for their culture. That's actually a normal thing to have all the the and in Indigenous Australian culture you have the aunties and the uncles that are those sort of wisdom filled people that know everything yeah that want to pa- pass it on to you as the young you know seeker of knowledge they're there they're like the university professors of their tribes and you need to spend time with them um, and we don't have that now with nuclear families and sort of the separation of you know, the, the the generations, we don't have that, you know. White people put their families in, you know, <laughs> care homes to die of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> They're stealing my money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. all it is. That's it. Right. But, I mean, the other cultures don't do this. You know, other cultures respect the different the different levels of age and what they bring to yeah, Greeks, the village. Greeks never did that. No. Yeah, it's very rare to hear about a Greek family that's put their grandmother in exactly. a home or something like that. You wouldn't do that as a Greek, yeah? You uh, wouldn't do that as an Indigenous person. You wouldn't do that as a Maori person. I'd, I'd respect my limitations. If my, if my, like, say, yeah. you know, touch wood, my mother came down with some sort of... Yeah, but again, your mother should have had X number of children, so it shouldn't just be down to you. No, it would be. 
because I'm not married and don't have kids myself, remember? Well, true, but it's usually the woman that's yeah, but not see, married there you go. with kids. Like, that's another... Uh-huh. No. That's the patriarchy for you. No, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an expectation on me because... I've totally shafted my sister. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. Because I don't have kids and because I'm not married, automatically that makes my time, my money expendable, period. Yeah. And my understanding should be 10,000-fold. Should anyone with kids <sighs> or being... Even not even without kids, even just be married. Oh, no. Yeah, but that goes back to the bullshit toxic patriarchy we were talking about where... The the peak humanity is to procreate. Toxic, okay, fair enough. Yeah? All right, now you're bringing the patriarchy back in because toxic, it's about procreation. Toxic humanity, peak humanity in, under the toxic patriarchy is to procreate. Yeah. But that's no longer a thing. In this day and age, for what we know now, should we be doing that? No. No. Science says no. Science says no. <laughs> Sorry to be a killjoy. <laughs> all right. We just need better contraceptive options. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so for once the- we have better scientific, once we have better contraceptive options, everybody will be happier. Okay. So then we can all just have. Fun. Is, is that Dr. Thompson's final thought? We do still need to use condoms to protect against infectious diseases, <laughs> like syphilis. <laughs> Um, Why does that word always come out? <laughs> there's always, always, every discussion, there's room for the word always, syphilis. There's always room. There's it's always the room to talk about sexually transmitted disease. Chlamydia, let's talk about that. Gonorrhea. Gonorrhea is back on the rise. Like, it's coming back in fashion. It's really? Like bad 70s fashion. It's coming back. How's it, how do these things come back? Because they're resistant to antibiotics. Welcome back. Actually, that's a question. How does... Something like that become resistant to antibiotics. Oh, they're very smart. Bacteria are very smart for things that don't have brains. Um, <laughs> they pick up bits of DNA that are useful to them from their environment. Okay, layman's terms, please. Okay, so um, there's lots of. Love how I found a way to bring back you. <laughs> I'm back into microbiology. Yeah, I love it. I've never spoken this much about science in my entire life. Oh, my God. Except last time we had a podcast. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) so basically there is a whole load of genes floating around with bits of DNA here and there that encode, so code for, um, antimicrobial resistance, okay? So, like... Resistance to penicillin, resistance to tetracycline, all the antibiotics you might have gone down the dockers and got. Yeah. All of the the anti, the, all of the ways to get round those, all of the cheat sheets are all out there. It's a bit like, you know, gaming, okay. where you can look up the cheat codes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I'm using narrative. You like that? <laughs> narrative. <laughs> narrative. I'm, narrative. <laughs> That's basically video game cheat codes. Okay. Bacteria pick them up. And they cheat their way around the uh, things that are trying to kill them. So it's it's pretty much the same as, if, if from a gamer perspective, it is absolutely the same as cheat codes. So bacteria found cheat codes. They found cheat codes. How? Well, and in, they find them really fast. That's fascinating to me, though. Like, how does that fast. work? It works the same as cheat codes. <laughs> you get cheat codes so you don't get killed. Same shame. Same shit. And bacteria are smart enough to f- figure that out. Well, they're, they're smart. They don't have brains, but they're smart enough to figure out the cheat codes, yeah. And smart enough to realize because they they produce them, they reproduce themselves in such large numbers that a proportion of them they will incorporate the cheat codes into their into their genome, yeah, and express it. 
Because the, the phenotype, you know, we we're saying about yeah. something you do in real life. Yeah. So they actually have the proteins available to fight the antibiotics and to stop the antibiotics from working. But only a proportion of them generally. Okay. But those are the ones survive and those are the ones that then procreate. Bigger, bigger, faster, evolution. stronger, yeah. Yeah, bigger, faster, stronger. It's evolution. It's pretty, you know. Bacterial that's evolution your, that's, happens pretty quick. Bacterial evolution is literally like well, the blueprint only, for life. And, well, and I, bacteria basically is life. Like, we are just lots of bacteria in a cell membrane. Yeah. Each one of our cells is just a collection of bacteria that decide to work. See, together. the fact that we can we know this and we can break it down down to the like the micromillimeter. Oh, look, I'm happy to go right down to the femtometer if you want. <laughs> But that's what always that's what disturbs me. Like I'm hearing How this, many yeah. Angstroms? Do you want me? One point two angstroms is quite good resolution. This is what I don't understand. Like as human beings, we're inquisitive and we want to know about yeah. this sort of shit. So I'm listening to this to you from you. Like I know a bit about bacteria, but I didn't know about how bacteria fights, yeah. you know, vaccine and, and shit like that. Yeah, cheat codes. Cheat codes. I'm loving hearing this, yeah, and it's making sense. Like, wow, and the fact, I'm trying to comprehend. That's because I'm good at the Socrates, <laughs> what is that, rhetoric? Yeah, you know how to shit talk. You know how to, you silver I'm tongue. I'm a grifter. you silver tongue grifter. I'm a grifter. <laughs> I'm a science grifter. A white lab grifter. A white coat grifter, that's what I'm you are. I'm a grifter. But that's because my family is all car salesmen. <laughs> Genetically, I'm a car salesman. I'm just a bit of a black sheep because I went into science. Okay, this is what gets me. The fact that I'm happy to take all this on board and listen to it and digest it and then like, be fascinated by people that have figured this out and all that sort of shit. Yeah. But then you've got climate deniers and religious nutters out there <gasps> that... They don't listen. They don't listen. They don't listen. And it's all a hoax. Well, and someone's, they, they like- someone's feeling that they feel in their heart isn't heartburn <sighs> and it's not lust, it's... Every, you know what I mean? You can get a meprazole for that shit. <laughs> Nexium, as it's called here. Ne- yeah, I love Nexium. Nexium. <laughs> used to be on it years ago. Nexium. Nexium's a good thing. Maybe violently ill when it first kicked off, though. Protein pumps inhibitors. They're very good. <laughs> if you have, you know, a hiatus hernia. hernia. Yeah, I haven't had that. You haven't had that? No. Right, good. My thing was, you know what was, you know what was fucked up? I was on Nexium because I, I was having trouble stomaching anything, yeah? I, mean, I think I was, you were probably just stressed. Hey, I, I was... I think I, you'll find anxiety is the cause of I couldn't drink water without having my stomach explode. Yeah, no. Got rid of an ex-girlfriend. Bang. Yeah, <laughs> Never touch Nexium ever fine. again. Yeah, Never yeah. touch Nexium again. There's a lot of psychosocial reasons why people need Nexium, and they're underexplored, got to say. Who do you, uh, why do you think they're underexplored? Because anxiety generally is underexplored. Because mental illnesses are underexplored as physical illnesses. But that's a whole nother podcast. I was just going to say, yeah, that sounds like a very long conversation. That's another long conversation. So, yeah, basically, I, as a scientist, I don't see the difference between physical differences in brain chemistry and mental illness, because to me it's all the same thing, because I'm a biochemist by training. Um, I don't see that there's a difference. But medicine, the silos created artificially by society have created a difference where you've got physical ailments and mental afflictions. Yeah. yeah. They're all the same. They're all <laughs> physical for fuck's sake. It's just we don't understand the mental ones and their physical manifestations as well as we do yeah. something like a broken leg. Like, it's just literally we've done the low-hanging fruit for the physical stuff. Yeah. And this really hard physical, hormonal, nuanced stuff, we don't understand. Yeah. But that's just limitations of science. Let me ask you a question. We'll end on this, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Knowing everything you know about the industry, 
that you've been a part of, knowing about how, like, yeah, worldwide what it's like, why you're leaving the country, <laughs> all that sort of shit, right? I'm out of here. What would you do? What would you say to your kids if they ever turned around to you and said, "We want, I want to do something in science? Are you mad? <laughs> oh, look, my daughter's already, like, she's flip-flopping between being a vet and being a mathematician at the moment. Really? Mathematician? Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, be a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to totally brainwash her. Uh, my son is more attracted to the sort of geeky physics stuff because, you know, he's autistic and that's more his natural sphere. Yeah. Um, because most people in that sphere are pretty autistic. Yeah. Really. I've Big met bang. Some, <laughs> I've met some nice ones, but I've met a lot of Sheldons. Yeah. Um, the, the, the ones that are Sheldons far outnumber the nice ones that have a social clue. Um, but, you know, it's not their fault. Yeah. They have psychosocial disabilities that they don't understand and they don't, they haven't had treated. And so they haven't understood how to engage socially because we have a social license that allows us to interact as humans with the world. And when you've got a psychosocial disability, you don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> you literally don't know. The rest of us know it innately. We know just by observing other people in our interactions, we get to know it. But there's a lot of people out there that, and, you know, it's something like one in 50 boys. And in girls, it's even lower because it's under-diagnosed because girls are better at masking. Yeah. They're better at faking it. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like they're better at faking it. They're better at faking it. Yeah. Because girls are just generally a little bit more social savvy. Yeah. Um, but The question was, yeah. would you encourage them to go down a path of science? Or is that only because you're getting out of here? Mm, no, I mean, they can if they want. I mean, science is going to solve the problems of the world. Like, I'm, it, I still believe oh, yeah, that. I, I believe that, yeah. I went into science because I believe that, and I still believe that. Yeah. But... It's the political will to engage with science that's the problem. That's what's missing. That the leadership at a political level is missing. Yeah. And so it's got scientists like me sitting on a dole queue going, well, okay, I'll buy. I'm yeah. leaving the country. You don't need me. You go get another dozen baristas <laughs> and get back to me. See if they're going to save the world for you. You know, it's, and that's the thing. And, you know, I couldn't even get a job when I had a responsible service of alcohol certificate because I didn't know how to make coffee. You know, I literally am unemployable because I don't know how to make coffee. You know? <laughs> hey, I, you saw, you watched me struggle for fucking how many months trying to get a job doing anything. Yeah, but I've, I've struggled for 18 months. Yeah. And like what, it's years what was now. I, what was I set back on for? Yeah. Get back on the fork, man. Like yeah, that's it. exactly. It's like, we matter. just want you for this thing. Don't worry about your qualifications. Don't worry yeah. about your experience. Don't we worry just about... want you for this no, one no. thing. Just get on the fork. Yeah, yeah and you're exactly. going to get yelled at by some fuckwit that has, can't spell. Exactly. Know, but, but, you know, um, and that's the thing, is that, that, that people are cherry-picking for skills, and I have all of the skills, but because I have all of the skills, they're just like, ooh, and you're a bit threatening because I'm feeling imposter syndrome when I look at your resume. <laughs> and I have that now. I've just got to that overqualified state. Yeah, every every job I've ever got, I had to dumb uh, down my resume. I, I, didn't, I didn't really think that would happen to me until I was about 55. Like, yeah. I didn't expect it to happen to me at 45. Yeah. I didn't expect as a Gen X that it would happen to me. But because Gen X is such a small um, cohort, we've just been swamped. We've basically disappeared in between Gen Y and the boomers, and we've been sandwiched in between. And... The skills we have of actually uh, navigating the space between those two groups is really not recognised and valued at all because you actually need to soften the boomer authoritarianism 
and present it to the younger people in a more palatable way. And, and Gen X people are actually really good at that because they're sort of halfway between. They understand the boomers and they understand the Gen Ys, but it, no one wants us. No one wants us to work for them because we're expensive and we ask questions. <laughs> we're, a bit too, we're a bit too savvy. <laughs> yes. They like exploitable young people. Bit, bit too ambitious and aware, that, or that one. Yeah, far too ambitious and aware. We might take their jobs. Back to the coal mines. We might take their jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't get jobs because okay. we might take them. But, yeah. Is there anywhere on the planet where... People like with actual skill are appreciated. I don't know. No, I'm serious. I don't know. Like I talked to a friend of mine in Switzerland a lot, and she seems pretty uh, content. Oh, Switzerland! Switzerland is very much a very high-profile um, knowledge economy. Yeah. Um, whereas Australia pretends to be a knowledge economy, but actually is a uh, still based in agriculture and mining. Yeah. As our major exports. Yeah, it's really strange. I, I got my cousin here who was here from um, from Greece a couple of months ago, and he... Well, I mean, Greece has been through the ringer on this. I was going to say, his whole family, like his parents are both involved in, in hospitals and stuff, as like orderlies and like yeah. all that sort of shit. And um, he finished some sort of degree based in that field, right, yeah. in health or whatever. But he's figured out that he can make more money working on islands during the summer season yeah. as a waiter. Well, that's it. it. I mean, and that's a gig economy, but how many... People are traveling now. Yeah. Right now with the corona outbreak. Yeah, it's done. There's no one's traveling. I'm excited. I'm excited to travel because of the cheap airfares. Yeah, but hey, else I flew to Malaysia for eight months after that plane disappeared. I didn't understand why I had cheap flights. I know, it's good. <laughs> I I'm loved all it. for the cheap flights. Um, but, you know, and, and this is the thing if you've got some knowledge and less fear, you can actually benefit from these situations. So yeah. there, there is there is benefits for being brave in the face of fearfulness in the society. Yeah, well, you can exploit that. Like there's, there's the danger is corona. Like, come on. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a common cold, for God's yeah. sakes. Like, honestly. Keep sure, talking. some grannies are going to die. Sure, yeah, I might die because I'm immunocompromised <laughs> and some people I know that are on cancer. That's a risk treatment. you're willing to take in the face of a happy clapper. I'm willing to take that risk <laughs> because I'm going to have to take it anyway because guess what? The happy clapper doesn't get to control that. He can slow it down for a while, <laughs> but he's not going to control it. And I'm like, may as well get get out there in, you know, fly to Fiji and Perth while I can get cheap flights. You know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die happy. You know. You know. Some Tongan guy serving you a drink. You know what I mean? Be nice. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> good. No, they are. All right. Um, we have to wrap this up. Okay. Because it's actually late. Yeah, what time it is? It's, oh, it's like 8 o'clock or something. It's 7.30. Oh, my God. How long do you reckon we've been sitting here? Uh, since 4.30? Was it 4.30? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's been two hours and 42 Old. minutes. Jesus Long Christ. Time. And that's only after you got it working. There was <laughs> <laughs> 50 minutes of pissing about. Well, it wasn't my fault. I don't know what I actually did, but I got oh, it right. Look. I should format this thing and start again. You're the brains of the outfit. I don't understand this tech business. You're the tech bro. I'm not a tech bro, you're, okay? You're the tech bro I between bought this, us. I bought this laptop off fucking eBay for nothing. Good. I don't know how I got it, but I got it cheap. Good recycling. Yeah. That's what I like to see. Yeah, recycling, recycling shitty computers. Don't throw it out. Don't buy a new one. Buy it off eBay. It works. Exactly. It works. That's my message. And it does everything that Upcycling, I need to do. Recycling, recycling, reuse. You know, circular economy. <laughs> That's why we have four bins. Circular economy. Do you mean how to drive home? Yes. <laughs> I'm just looking at those cans. Right. Another can, I, love. One can per hour for three hours. Is it? Oh, I've got no idea. I don't even know yeah. what the alcohol uh, thing is at. Mm, it's Prosecco. It's not very high. <laughs> 10%.
10%. So what does that mean? <laughs> you need to lie down on that couch for a bit. I'll leave you. I'll go away and I'll come back in a couple of hours. You stand drinks, no, I don't. What do you mean two standard drinks? <laughs> so I had six standard drinks. In six days. standard drinks? That's almost the same amount. What are you talking about? I'm just reading the side of the can. Actually, I need to go get some plastic bags for my car. I, this I need crap. to go to the loo. All right, cool. No, we've got to go to that scary, like, like rapist yeah, loo around yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah. Good. Right. Excellent. Thank you for your time. No worries. <laughs> Hold up. 